Hey there, you've tuned in to 19 North's podcast, a young adults ministry part of Victory Family Church located in Cranberry Township, PA. You can check us out every Saturday night at 8.30. And if you missed everything I just said, just follow us on Instagram at 19 underscore North. A lot of times when you're walking through being sick, kind of, it's like, I don't understand this. I don't understand what's going on with my body. Why is this happening? A lot of Christians actually believe that pain comes from God, um, that, you know, he's all sovereign, which he is, but in the lens that, that it's twisted in is that, you know, sickness comes from God, and good also comes from God because he's always in control. So if there's sickness in your life, then God just wants to teach you something through it. So I looked at the word. I was like, is this true? Is this true? I don't know. So I went, I went to the word. And the first time that pain comes into the picture is in the Garden of Eden um, after the fall happens. It wasn't a part of God's original plan. When he created the heavens and the earth and, and humans, humanity, he created it without pain. It was beautiful. It was perfect. But he also created humans to have a free will. You know, he laid it all out. He said, you can eat from this tree, but you cannot eat from this tree. You know, he gave you free will to choose. So when, uh, when pain entered into the picture, there is, there's an enemy to humanity, and, and that is Satan. Um, and he tempted Eve, he deceived Eve, and she operated in her free will to believe a lie, basically. And through that lie, that's when pain, death, sickness came into the picture, was after that fact. You have to realize it wasn't a part of the plan. It wasn't a part of God's original plan. He didn't want us to be sick. He didn't want us to have pain. But he did create us with free will to choose. And a lot of times, the pain that we experience, we blame on God, but sometimes it comes from a decision that we've made. Let me give you a little example. So when I was probably like five, four or five years old, I was like real into gymnastics. Pretty sure I was going to the Olympics, you know, like I could do a cartwheel, so that's a big deal. (laughs) Um, And my mom was so sweet, invested in my dream, got me like a tumble mat, set it up in the in the basement and everything so I could practice my, my somersaults and cartwheels and, and all this. It was great. Um, well, one day, I decided that um, I didn't feel like going down to the basement to practice my somersaults. <laughs> so I was in the living room, getting ready to set up into a somersault. My mom said, hey, wait a second. We're not doing somersaults in the living room because it's dangerous. There's a coffee table. There's glass. We've got a fireplace. You know, there's a good chance that you could get hurt. And I was like, you know what? My mom doesn't know about gymnastics like I do. I've been in the gym. Like, I know what's up. I can do this. So you know how kids, they kind of like give you that look like, is the coast clear? And then they like, then they go for it to test the waters out. Pretty sure that happened because I did a somersault in the living room. And the pain that happened after that, that choice resulted in a trip to the hospital and a cast, all kinds of stuff. You know, a lot of people, they would probably say like, well, some Christians would say, you know, God allowed your arm to be hurt because he wanted to teach you to not disobey your parents. But I got to tell you, I got to challenge that thought because I operated in my free will. I decided that I wasn't going to obey my mom. There was a choice there. I could obey her. I could disobey her. I don't think God wanted my arm broken, honestly. I, I made a decision to disobey my mom. There was pain on the, side of, on the other side of that decision. I thought that was like, yeah, no, that makes sense. God doesn't want my arm broken. But sometimes, sometimes we make silly and stupid decisions and we get consequences for that. We blame God, you know? It's like, it might not be his fault. It's actually not his fault. It's probably something that you did in disobedience. Ooh, wow. <laughs> um, 
But, you know, there's, I want to just claim that's not every, that's not the story with every kind of pain that we experience, every kind of sickness we have, you know, like natural disasters that happen. That's not God's fault. It's not him being angry with somebody and sending a hurricane to destroy their house. That's not true. I'm going to take a little side note. Natural disasters, if you look at Revelation 21, it actually talks about the earth going through birthing pains, that God is going to be recreating the heavens and the earth, and that there will be an increase in natural disasters and stuff in the end times. So it's going through rebirthing pains, and get excited because Jesus is coming back soon, and he's going to create the earth like he did in the beginning, and that's going to be awesome. Um, There's also wars, there's killing, coming from a deception that, you know, if I kill somebody, I'm, I'm going to be satisfied. I'm going to be vindicated. I'm going to feel good about that decision. And that's a lie straight from the pit of hell. It stinks. <laughs> there's sickness. There's illness. A lot of times, that's actually all the time, sickness is coming from an enemy that wants to keep you from something that God has in store for you. He wants you to be sick. He wants you to feel miserable. He doesn't want you to fulfill God's purpose in your life. So we're going to talk about that. We're going to dive into that a little bit. You know, we do. We live in a broken world. We live in a fallen world. And that could be depressing if we didn't have Jesus. Right? He's the hope of the world. He's the hope of our lives. And he came and he died for us so that we could have authority over all sickness, over all disease, in all circumstances. He wants to protect us. He wants to keep you safe. Oh, we're going to go into it. So how do we do that? How do we access that authority? That is through faith. And so tonight... We are talking about faith, and there's three characteristics about faith, and I do have PowerPoint slides for you, so (laughs) there it is, three characteristics of faith. So the first one we're going to talk about is faith doesn't deny the pain. Now that sounds interesting, but faith, it doesn't deny that the pain's there. I feel like sometimes people who talk about faith, it's kind of like, you know, just just brush it off, just throw some word at it, it's going to be fine, like it'll just go away. Don't just go away. But I got to tell you, I think it's so much more powerful when you recognize, when you recognize where the problem is, where the source of that problem is, and then you choose, you choose to t- turn your mind away from that and to focus your mind on Jesus. You know, there were times when I was really, really, I felt sick. My gosh, I was in my bed at night, just had a tough day. I was nauseous, feverish, shaky, scared. Those are very real feelings that I was having. And I couldn't deny the fact that they were there. But what I did do is that I chose. I would choose to listen to a message on healing. I would choose to worship God and thank him for being near to me. I would choose to even cover my bed with, like, scriptures. I know that sounds silly, but I had a blanket that had scriptures on it. I just surrounded myself with his presence, surrounded myself with his truth, because Man, life becomes a lot better when you're filled with hope and you have truth behind what's going on, even if you don't feel well. So that's the first step, is to, to not deny the fact that you've got pain there, but to choose to focus your mind on Jesus. The second, the second characteristic to faith is that faith operates on a known truth. First of those being God's character. It's twofold. It's God's character being the first of those. So what's God's character like? I love this because I love, I love God. I love Jesus. In John 10, it describes Jesus as our good shepherd. This is pretty cool. His role is to watch over us, to take care of us. And it talks about the enemy being like a wolf that tries to destroy the flock, tries to lead the flock astray. And I think this is a pretty cool picture because 
It's kind of funny. Have you ever, I don't know if you guys know anything about sheep, but they're not like the smartest animals in the world. Like they need the shepherd to cut their fur off because they don't actually even shed. And their fur gets matted and wet and weighs them down and they like fall over and can't get up. I mean, it's kind of sad, but it's like, it just shows you that they like need their shepherd to take care of them to even survive. And that's kind of like us. I mean, that's never happened to me before where I needed, you know, my head shaved or anything. But <laughs> I'll tell you what, it does. we do need a good shepherd in our lives. And the great thing about Jesus is that he says he'll even leave the 99 for the one. Even if you go off on your own like a little sheep getting curious about something, he goes and he gets you and he rescues you and brings you back to the pack. It's so cool. That's just his character. But there is, there is an enemy. Verse 10 says, the thief comes only to steal, to kill, and to destroy. That's Satan. That, that's his MO. If, that, if there's anything in your life that's trying to kill you, trying to steal from you, or trying to destroy something in your life, it's not coming from your good shepherd. It's coming from an enemy that wants you dead. Okay? So keep that in your mind. Keep that in your noggin. But God says, I have come that you might have life and have life more abundantly. How good is that? That's a promise in his word. He's our good shepherd. That's a part of his character. So good. Another part of his character. I don't know. Have you guys ever heard people say, you know, if it's God's will to heal me, then I'll be healed? And it sounds right. It really does. It sounds right. But i got to show you that it is always God's will to heal. How do I know this? If you look in the New Testament at the accounts of Jesus healing people, he never turned anyone away. How cool is that? And that was like multitudes of people. He would stay there until every person was healed and taken care of. And in um, Matthew 8, <clears throat> there's a man with a skin disease. He approached Jesus. He said that exact same. He, sa he said that exact same thing. He said, if it's your will, you can heal me. He's saying this to Jesus. You know what Jesus says? He says, I will be healed. I mean, if that's, I don't know, that's a pretty awesome answer. You know, it is my will. I will heal you. And this man was completely set free. He was completely delivered. Ah, I love it. <laughs> I love it. So the second part of this about these truths is God's purpose. You know, when God promises something, according to Jeremiah 1, verse 12, he's very faithful to watch over it and to perform his words. He says, everything that I speak, I watch over those words. I make sure that they, that they come to pass. So when he says in John 10, I've given you life and life more abundantly, he means it. When he says in Deuteronomy 7, 15, he says, I will not put any of the diseases you are afraid of on you, but I will take all sickness, someone say all sickness, all sickness, all sickness away from you. He means it. Those are his words. Those are his promises. Oh, it's so good. And one of the best ways that you can build up your faith is to start reading scripture and saying it out loud because there's power in your words, right? There's power in the things that you say. So I actually did this for you guys. I printed out a, uh, a sheet that has over 100 different verses talking about God's will to heal you in your life from the Old Testament and the New Testament. It's all over the Bible, guys. His will to have you healed, to have you set free. And what I would do is when I felt crappy, I would read those verses over my life. And what it started to do, it started to transform my heart. It started to build up my faith a little bit because I realized some of the truths that God said in his word about healing even when I felt, felt awful. The beautiful thing is that when you speak God's word, you'll start to see him deliver on his words. You'll start to see your heart change. It's like, 
it's life. There's life in those words, you know? It's so good. And I did. I, start to, I started to see my heart become more hopeful. And God would start to, like, prove himself to me through his words, through his scriptures. Which brings me to my third point, is that faith builds trust. Faith builds trust. Think about, like, a trust fall exercise. Don't worry. I'm not going to call anybody up and make you do this, because that would, like, <laughs> all right, nice. <laughs> Don't worry. I won't, I won't make you guys uh, do a trust fall exercise. It's kind of scary, right? It's usually a stranger. You're, like, kind of entrusting your, your well-being into a person. You could get, like, concussed or <laughs> dropped. It's, uh, it's not ideal, you know? It's a little, a little uncomfortable, a little scary. I would always kind of, like, size up the person and be like, are you, like, strong enough to catch me? Like, is this going to be, is this going to work out, work out okay, you know? Um, <clears throat> but when they do catch you, you're like, okay, I can breathe. Now. Like, if, if they ask you to do a trust fall again, you're like, okay, they caught me the first time, so it's probably going to be okay. Like, you start to build up a trust with that person because <clears throat> you're literally putting your well-being into their hands. But, you know, this kind of works with God as well. Faith is operating on things that are unseen. It's operating on things that you don't know. So when you choose to operate on God's promises and operate in faith, it's kind of scary the first time, you know? But the beautiful thing is, is that God is so faithful. He's so faithful that he never lets you fall. And how do I know this? I gotta tell you, God, he proved himself to me over and over and over again. You guys, I, was, I felt like this for like two years of my life. I had to, like I told you, I went to the hospital. The context of that story is that I was in the emergency room two days before our huge Christmas performance here at the church. Um, you know, my abdomen was like swollen out to here. They thought that my appendix had burst um, because I was that nauseous, I had a fever. And they ran all these tests and it wasn't my appendix. And they were like, we don't really know what's going on with you. And so I was like, oh man. Kind of wish it was because then I would know what's going on, you know. But um, <clears throat> I kind of had to have a have a real talk with God and be like, "Listen, Lord, I uh, I'm singing in front of like 2,000 people in two days, and and I feel pretty awful. Um, so I'm just going to ask you to help me get through that, you know. I'm just gonna I'm just gonna trust that your word is true right now, and I'm gonna do it." because I'm terrified and I don't feel very good, but I'm going to do it anyway. Because you know what? The devil can suck it. <laughs> I'm going to go do... I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm not going to let that stop me, you know? No, no. you got to put your faith in the promises of God. And this is what happened. I, I, we, we did our Christmas performance. got to tell you, I felt pretty miserable. It didn't feel very good. But by the end of the performance, I felt better. God, he held me in the palm of his hand during that entire weekend. And there were moments when I probably could have run off stage and been sick. That's how I felt. And I was nervous. I was scared about that feeling. I was like, gosh, I feel like I'm not in control. I don't know what's going on. I feel awful. There's a moment in your mind where you have to make a decision to not give in to the way that your body feels, but to press in to the truth that God says in his word. And when I did that, those feelings lifted, and I was able to do my job. I was able to do what I was supposed to do. There was this strength that kicked in. Sometimes you got to fight, you know? Sometimes you gotta, sometimes you got to just kind of build yourself up and, and make a decision to not give in to those feelings because feelings are feelings. The Bible says that your heart will lead you astray all the time. Don't trust it. Feelings are 
They're not substance, they're not truth, they're fleeting, you know? You can't trust those feelings because they might not be coming from a good source. It might be coming from the enemy, you know? So that's just one story. I can't tell you. There have been numerous times that I've been attacked with panic while being at a microphone, feelings of, of being sick, all this kind of stuff. And God delivered me out of every single one of those situations because he's faithful. And through this, I started building up this trusting relationship with God because I would remember how he delivered me that one time. I was okay that one time, so I'm going to be okay this time too. And the final story of what God has done in my life with this little trust fall exercise we just are continually in together, <laughs> I was able to travel to California by myself and attend a worship school for two weeks. I mean, unfamiliar food, new environment, schedule could have been different every single day, things that would normally like trigger all kinds of anxiety in me because I, you know, I, I had all kinds of anxiety leaving my house and... Um, because you know, when you feel sick, you just want to be home. You don't want to be out and feeling uncomfortable, you know? And those feelings, they really, they were challenging for me to work through. So I went to California. I'm, I'm flying over San Francisco, and I look over the plane wing. This is so cool. I look over the plane wing, and there is a rainbow over that plane wing. I put a picture. I don't know. Can you kind of see it? How cool is that? I mean, talk about the promise of God just, like, slapping you in the face. It was so stinking cool, and he was over that entire trip for me, you know? Kept me safe, kept me, kept me under his wing. It was so cool. I got to be real with you guys. Um, I'm kind of sick and tired of watching Christians being bullied by the devil. I'm kind of sick of seeing in the media, I mean, it's a very normal thing to say, oh, this gives me anxiety, you know? Like, there's this thing, it just, I don't, I don't do that because it just it gives me anxiety. And I see Christians say this, too. Like, you know, like, this, this gives me anxiety. Talk about an open door. I'm just saying. Like, the words that you speak, if you want to say, like, something gives you anxiety, if I was the devil, I'd be like, okay, I'm going to have fun with this one. You know? Like, why, like I want to challenge you to stop saying stuff like that. Stop it. If you, anxiety attacks are real, guys. Like, it's a real feeling of feeling completely helpless, and the enemy would love, he would love for you to be bound up. He would love for you to be stuck in fear. I imagine what it would look like if all of us just started running towards the things that we're scared of. Can you imagine the kind of change that would happen in our generation if we started going after the things that give us anxiety? Watch God. Watch God move in your life. I want to challenge you all to become like a faith, faith adrenaline junkies. Put his word to the test. I'm serious. Watch him, watch him move in your life. Watch him start to grow you in new ways. When you put yourself out there, when you put your neck, your faith neck out there, faith pleases God. That's what his word said. It says faith pleases God. And you watch him deliver, deliver you. Watch him, watch him come through for you. I'm just saying, I'm excited about that because I, I can see it. I can see it. The enemy would love us to be sick, bound, tired anxious. He'd love to hold you back from what God has from you. And you have authority over him. I'm telling you, if that, if that happens to you, you can use the name of Jesus because Jesus, he conquered anxiety. He conquered fear. Every single sickness that you could ever experience in this life was put on his back and he died. He died for it. And then he conquered it. He went down to, to hell and he literally took the keys of death out of Satan's hands and he conquered death for you. 
You can do anything through Jesus. Amen. You can do anything through him. Don't let the enemy stop you. Don't let him stop you. So you're probably wondering how it all turned out. What happened? Did I get healed? I did. I'm going to tell you what happened because God is so good. Eventually, I came to this place where I was, I knew God's character. I, I knew his promises. And I was, I was desperate for a miracle. I was ready. I'm like, you know what? I'm sick of fighting this fight. I'm ready to receive my healing from him. I was out in California again, which, you know, took some faith. and went out to California again, moved my little sister into college, and just had a day. You know, I was exhausted. I hadn't eaten because I was still battling with being scared of eating food. Um, and by the end of the day, I mean, my body was shaking. I had low blood sugar. I felt awful. Um, my mom was with us at the hotel, and she looked at me, and she said, I've had enough. I've had enough of this. We're going to pray, and you're going to get healed right now. So my mom, she laid her hands on me, which is a biblical thing, talks about that. In the Bible, it says, um, it says that in Mark 16, 18, it says, you shall lay hands on them, and they will recover. You shall lay your hands on the sick, and they'll recover. That's a promise. We know what promises are like, right? He delivers on those promises. So she laid her hands on me, and she prayed over every cell in my body, every bone, every organ, every every little thing in my body to line up with the word of God and that any sort of fear, anxiety, anything that was off balance in my digestive system, it had to turn around and be just like how God created it to be. It was a faith prayer. It was a bold prayer. And you know, uh, a lot of people say they feel like fire like coming up or they feel the presence of, I felt nothing. I'm going to be honest. I didn't feel anything after I got prayed for. <laughs> and I was like, oh, great. Well, you know, that was nice. It was a good try. But actually, in, in, in my heart of hearts, I really did believe that I had received something from God. And I had a feeling, just based on the track record with me and the Lord and with faith, I would have to opter, operate in faith on that healing to see it really come, come to pass. So the next day, I had my flight back to Pittsburgh, had a layover in Denver, and I was starving. I had no snacks. I was really, really hungry. And um, I went into the little like food court restaurant and decided to get myself a salad. Well, I decided to get a salad that had all the foods in it that I was, like, intolerant to. It had dairy. It had croutons. It had, like, weird stuff like sunflower seeds that, in the past, would have triggered my body into, like, a serious reaction. <laughs> and I just I had fun with it because I was like, God, you know what? I'm going to believe that I'm healed right now. And look at the salad I'm going to get to prove the fact that I'm healed. <laughs> I know it seems silly. This is, like, a really big deal for me, <laughs> eating this salad. So... I'm sitting like in my gate terminal eating my salad. I prayed over it. I was like, okay, God, you know what? The most uncomfortable place for me to be hot and nauseous is on a plane. You know, like that's probably the worst place you want to feel hot and nauseous is on a plane. So I just took him for his word. I was like, you know, what? I do. I believe that I'm healed. So I ate my salad. I got on the plane. No, no reaction to the food at all. I had a safe flight. It was good. It was filled with peace. <sighs> Guys, I got to tell you, sometimes... To get that healing, you got to take a step of faith that's really scary. Sometimes you got to get into a place that's really uncomfortable to see it manifest in your life. You know, healing's different. Sometimes miracles happen, it happens in an instant, but sometimes it takes extreme faith to see something kick in and to really, for God to say, like, oh man, girl, I'm proud of you. I know that was hard. 
I know that was hard, but I got you now. I got you. You're mine. You're totally healed. You know, like that, it was a beautiful thing because I'd already had the trust built up in God through that journey of faith. I already had the trust in his character. I knew his promises and his word. And so this, me getting on that plane, I did. I had to go through a process to know that he was going to deliver me. I had to know beyond a shadow of a doubt that I could get on that plane and trust in that prayer and trust in that healing and that he was going to be there because he'd already done so many things for me because I trusted his word. Guys, I'm excited because I know, as I was praying, I know that there are people that walked into this room tonight that have battled serious stuff, like depression, suicide, anxiety, all kinds of stuff. You walked into this room feeling that way. You might even be feeling it right now. Jesus wants you healed. He wants you whole. He wants you confident and walking out your purpose, trusting him every single step of the way. And so tonight we're going to pray. We're going to go back into worship, and we're going to have some serious prayer time up here at the altar because my heart goes out to you because I know what it's like. I do. I get it. But I know what it's like on the other side, too. You walk with an authority and, a, and a, just a deep knowing of God's character, and he's got amazing things in store for you. So we're going to pray. Let's close our eyes and let's bow our heads. Lord, there might be people in this room tonight that don't even know you. They might be like, wow, this sounds awesome. Like, this sounds cool, but I, I mean, I don't even know Jesus. Like, I've barely been in church ever in my life. <sighs> Jesus wants to have a personal relationship with you. Not just some, like, go to church, do the church thing, and go back home, live my life. No, he wants to be completely invaded in your life, just to love on you and to show you that you're not alone. If you've never asked Jesus to be the personal Lord and Savior of your life, all he needs is an invitation. All he needs is an open heart. And you're just saying, Lord, I invite you into my life. I want you. I want you to be the Lord of my life. That's all he asks. That's all he needs. That's all he, that's all he wants. If that's you tonight, if you're sitting in your chair and your heart's like racing right now, you're like, oh my gosh, I know that's me. I've never done that. You know, I've, maybe I've been to church or I got baptized. I mean, is that what that means? No. It means you saying the words out of your mouth, Jesus, I want you. I accept you. If that's you, on the count of three, I'm going to ask you to just raise your hand. Don't worry, I'm not going to call you up here. I'm not going to embarrass you. I'm not going to make you say anything or do anything weird. This is just between you and Jesus. If that's you, on the count of three, I want you to raise your hands. No one's looking around. One, two, three. Be bold. Do not be afraid. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Let's all pray this out together. Let's all pray this prayer out together. Say, Jesus, I thank you that you died on a cross for me. I believe that you were raised to life and that you conquered death for me. I ask forgiveness for every sin I've ever committed. And I thank you, Lord, that you wash me clean right now. I accept you into my heart as my Lord and as my Savior. And I will never be the same again. 
because I am your child. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So let's stand up. Prayer partners, I want you guys to come forward. We're going to worship. And you guys, I want you to be bold about this. The enemy would love for you to stay in your seat, would love for you to never receive.